Welcome back. After two weeks, we have been literally shaking this yeah. whole time because America is ruined. Everything is be different. This will podcast. Uh, because I fear the, for my safety. The death squads are going to pound in our doors and kill us and we won't be able to fight back you know, we'll be paralyzed with fear as a gamer i am paralyzed with fear intro exactly welcome to the 94th episode of the push a shot podcast we took Oh fuck. We took a little hiatus last week because we both got the plague. Um not from from, from, from the election. Kiss, uh yeah, from the election is what did it, not the tongue kissing that didn't happen. Yeah. But we are back, we are healthy, wealthy, and wise, and we have a lot to talk about. Um last week, this is you can see uh Anthony Topkins face behind the ninety four there. I started watching Westworld, so Skippy recommended it last podcast, and it was one of those shows where it's like you're you're getting you're getting it from all angles. Where mm. you'll hear people in real life, say, oh, did you see the new Westworld? Yeah, but they're being coy about it because they're not yeah. trying to spoil it for people around. But then, oh, did you know he's actually a bot? And like every, everything that I was hearing was positive, and uh, your recommendation tipped me over the edge. So. Thanks for that, because I have watched the whole show now, caught up, I got last night's episode two. And this um, is now a Westworld podcast. This uh, is World of Westworld. That's I just, what we're renaming I think that the podcast I think to. that that's a, uh, that's a place of podcasts, not a lot of podcasts have gone, you know? The yeah. world needs I don't think Westworld anyone's podcast. ever talked about Westworld on a podcast no. before. So, so we're going to blaze a new trail here. Actually, we're, I mean, it's, we're not going to talk about spoilers, so don't worry if you want to see the show, but you don't yeah. want to watch, watch it right now. We're, we're just going to try to keep it as spoiler-free as possible, but I do want to talk about it because it's, it's a yeah, very yeah, unique definitely. thing to come out, and it's right up our alley. And so if you, if you missed it last week, the basic premise of Westworld, like a Disney World kind of theme park in the future where these hyper-realistic... Maybe AI, maybe just robots. They exist to serve the whims of the wealthy guests who go there to live out fantasies of living in the Wild West. And they can do anything they want to these robots. They can be their best friends. They can have a romance with them. They can murder them. They can torture them. You can do whatever you want to these things. And at the end of every day or every cycle or however long it is, they reset the robots. They call them hosts memory and they forget everything that happens to them and there's a basic tension that's set up well what if they don't forget everything and they they remember some of that and there's much more to it obviously but that's the the basic premise is you've got burgeoning ai and they're in a context where they're built to entertain people at the expense of their dignity and pain and it's a very nice setup because there's not Every everyone in the show is relatable and their motivations are relatable, but their desires are not compatible at all, which is great. Yeah, I 
so I want to preface this. There's already people complaining in chat. People hate this hate this show because really? it's popular. Yeah. Uh, I, and I can't think of any other reason to hate it other than it's popular and people are talking about it a lot. Um, I mean, I, I can kind of sympathize with that feeling of like, well, everyone's talking about this thing that I don't care about, but like, deal with it. Sorry. Not sorry. Hashtag. Well, what's, but, uh, what's, what's the real hate come from? Like, I mean, I think, well, first <laughs> of all, I think a lot of people don't like it who have tried it and just decided they didn't like it. I think, um, I, but I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's a well-made show. I think it could, it could turn out to not be that good, but so far it's living up to its potential in a pretty good way, I think. Um, but it's one of those things where everyone's talking about it. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like There's lost. a reason everyone's talking about it. It's not yeah. for no reason. Yeah, well, there's okay, but but not all of the reason is because it's a good show. A lot of the reason is because it's the kind of show that encourages theorizing. That's true. That kind and of thing. And, and I, I know a lot of people has really been frustrating hate that. me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I avoid that completely. I think it's the most annoying thing in the world to like. I like I I went on some Westworld forums just out of curiosity, and it was like. Well, if we go by the multiple timeline theory, exactly. then da, 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 yeah, and it's yeah, like they, yeah. they've named all their theories and they're like examining scenes. And it's just like you're going too far with it. Just fucking sit back and enjoy the show. Jesus Christ. Exactly. And it's this is one of the things I like about it. I've never seen Lost, but let me just make a bunch of wild conjectures about <laughs> what Lost is like, if, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, I've heard that Lost, um, it's got some very vague mysteries that are never quite resolved and it didn't seem like they really had answers to them in the first place when they introduced yes. them. Uh, in this case, in this show, there are some like long-term kind of mysteries that they're setting up, and who knows how much of that they've thought through. But there are short-term stakes always. Like, characters have immediate goals, and revelations spring up, and they're substantial and permanent. So there's always enough going on in any one episode to make it not feel like just a carrot on a stick the, stringing you along. But the thing about Lost that makes me worried about Westworld is that Lost, for the first couple seasons, it started out well. And it started out a lot like Westworld is, where, yes, they're, they're feeding you a lot of mysteries that aren't going to be solved anytime soon. But they're making it, they're building a world they're building their characters, and I actually think Lost does a much better job of building his characters in Westworld. But uh, anyway, they're building this. They're building this mystery, and it feeds you some answers uh, very gradually, in the same way that Westworld is. The problem with Lost is after the second season or so, and I think this, this, during the second or third season, there was like the writer's strike, and it, it, it totally affected the show. You can totally tell that it just kind of started going downhill from there, and. Uh, and it was very clear they didn't have much of a plan with it. And the the when they would solve a mystery, you just kind of go like, oh, I, I, like it's not that, yeah. So hopefully, I here's the thing about Westworld though is that it's an HBO show with a lot of money injected into it, yes. and HBO sees sees their stuff through. Like they don't, oh yeah, they don't definitely. just half-ass it. And the thing about Lost is it's prime time television. I mean, like what cable was it, ABC or yeah. NBC or, or no, whatever. Sorry, not cable network television. Yeah, and that and that shit like what that's a what have you done for me lately thing, and they'll cut your throat. 
if you don't deliver. So they just, they have a totally different mindset when it comes right. to making those shows and they don't think more than a season ahead. Um, so I, I do have a lot more hope for Westworld. Plus Westworld's already an established plot. It, they're basing it on, I don't know how closely it'll follow it. I'm sure it's not super close you already, know, but you have an arc there that's definitely going to happen. I've been, I've been rewatching this show with my dad over the last week. Uh, he saw the 70s movie when that came mm -hmm. out, when he was like my age. And he was telling me about, like, oh, it had Yul Brenner. I don't know who the fuck Yul Brenner was, but I looked him up. Um, and it was apparently, like, a cool movie. But that was about it. And this is a massive, massive departure, according to, to my, my pep. But so, I'd be willing to bet that it'll follow the same very basic beats. But the basic you know? beat there was that the, the AI rebels. There wasn't much more to it. But that's probably going to be what's going to happen in the it show. Will. But there's there's a lot more too, which is what's um, nice. Oh yeah, there's, there's, uh, yeah. I don't want to get into specifics there because what would, either you don't want it spoiled or you don't care. So there's no point yeah. in getting into too specifics there. But um, and we were talking about this just right before we started. One of the things I like about the show is that it doesn't feel like it's being coy with me when I watch it. There are some things that I can tell it's putting off for later, but it's it's justifying that with some really tangible and interesting short-term stuff. Like, every single episode has had at least one moment where I'm like, that's really cool. Yeah. There's never been an episode where I felt like, oh, this is just, nothing's happening. And that's that's really the best you can hope for out of a show <laughs> these days. Yeah. Every episode is solid. At the and, very least, and some yeah, are great. I think, um, I think there's a lot of forward momentum too, where yes, it could easily get really like even early on, it could easily get bogged down. Um, but like you said, every episode, it's like it's not exactly like cliffhangers or anything, but but the shit happens and and it makes you say like okay i learned something that episode rather yeah, than just definitely. i can't wait to see the next episode because i, I didn't learn anything yes. in this episode and that's a big difference between this and lost is like lost would always always feed you just enough where you want to watch the next episode and then it was always a little bit disappointing when the next episode wasn't quite what you were hoping for um so i i'm really well, enjoying it moving away from the plot a little bit here I've been thinking a lot about how this is similar and different from Game of Thrones. Mm. Like, that is HBO, or has been HBO's flagship series for a long time. Yeah. I think this is sort of muscling in on that at this point. Um, I think that this is in preparation for the Game of Thrones ending. Yeah, and it, I think they hedged their bets pretty well here, honestly. Um, because this has really caught on in, like, regular Very life. I doubt People that they could have anticipated it, it catching oh, yeah. on like this. Well, maybe um, they I, did. I, I mean, when... you don't spend $25 million on right. a pilot I mean, for nothing. Yeah, obviously they wanted to... Yeah, but I, I I watched that first preview, and I was like, this sounds really appealing to me, but it it seemed like something... Not something that would be like a niche thing, but I didn't know if it would be as mainstream as something like Game of Thrones. But then again, looking at Game of Thrones, I remember watching the first episode of Game of Thrones and saying, like, I don't know. I don't know if this is working. Like, I don't know how this is going to work. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, HBO knows how to do their shit. Yeah, yeah. So I was thinking about, like, what Cuses is taking from that, and, like, I don't know. It seems like HBO has a kind of formula between these two shows that they've really nailed, and I think that's the ensemble. 
they've got a lot of freedom to structure any episode however they want just by flipping back and forth between characters whenever it's appropriate. Like, you've got these distinct packets of characters. Like, you have William and Dolores who are doing their thing. And then you've got the Men in Black and Teddy who are doing their thing. And then you've got Bernard and Ford, and they're doing their thing. And <laughs> you can cross these stories together however you want, and you can focus on them whenever you want. And it manages to... It'd be an effective device. They do the same thing in Game of Thrones, is my point. Um, that there are lots of characters who are separated, and then they move back and forth between them, and they have a lot of freedom in how they can put an episode together. Yeah, because the plot lines aren't affecting each other, at least not majorly right. in this case. In Westworld's case, like not at all, basically. Yeah, they're not affecting um, each other, but they, they edit it or curate it, arrange it, whatever you want to say, in a way where it feels like it's all coherent. Yeah, well, you learn something in one plot line that gives you some dramatic irony in another plot line. Yeah. You know, definitely. where it's like, uh, okay, now I know what the android does when it sees something that it's not supposed to see. And then another plot line uses that as a device where, it, yeah, it, it's, it's feeding you information that the characters might not be fed. But, but like, it, yeah, it, those, I think it's only like, how many different plot lines is it following? Probably like only like four? Is it four? Five at a time? That's right. Because, yeah, I mean, I don't want to go into the details of it, but it's, it's compared to Game we, of Thrones, We can probably run through it lot. pretty quick. There's Maeve, Teddy and Men in Black, Dolores and William, um, and then the fourth would be, like, the corporate stuff. The corporate, yeah, corporate espionage stuff. I, yeah, and, and compared to Game of Thrones, that's nothing. I mean, Game of Thrones has so yeah. much shit going on, and they'll, they'll abandon the plot line for an entire season. Um, it's that was one of my biggest complaints of last season is it felt like they just fucking put an entire season's plot into like two episodes and it didn't make any sense chronologically and it was just a mess. Um, and it doesn't feel like this is going to go that far where it's like, yeah, Game of Thrones has gotten out of hand in my opinion. But um, it, it's it's a lot of fun to watch and and what I really like about it and the thing that that made me catch on to it instantly and I didn't know it would be this way. Here's like I, I think I talked about this very briefly on my last podcast. Where I thought thought that uh, this was going to be like about humans fighting humans in a fictional world, and like maybe it reaches into reality somehow. But instead, it's about the humans. Their interaction of the humans in the theme park. There basically hasn't been any, or the, what there has been has right. been very minor. It's only it's only the people who go in there together interacting with each other. Yeah, really. it's it's all about the AI. That's like what the show is Part about. Of that. Part of that is because it falls apart if the humans start interacting with each Absolutely, other. Absolutely, yeah. Like, That's one of the things that doesn't really make sense in the show. Because There's a lot of stuff. If you go into the theme park and you're going on your quest with Dolores and somebody else wants to go on a quest with Dolores, what do you do? I mean, you can't yeah, tell each other. There's a lot of stuff like that in, in the show where it's like, I don't understand how this works. If there's, a big, if there's a big crate full of nitroglycerin and you blow it up and you're right there next to it, and the theme park can't hurt you, how does it not hurt you? No, because there's a guy who, like... who crosses his arms and says, we got a request for a pyrotechnic effect. Well, yeah, but then, but then what happens? Then, like, so you Just drop a massive delay. Happens, well, then that's awful. <laughs> so, like, I don't really... Yeah. I don't know where the... There, I, there is suspension of disbelief required a lot of it. for a yeah. sci-fi um, concept this abstract. And I was fine with it. I was fine for, with the suspension of disbelief as far as like how the mechanics of the theme park go, like whatever it's sci-fi yeah. and you have to, 
It's like if you if you fucking go into a holodeck episode of Star Trek, which is what I com- constantly compare the show to, you can't start fucking picking it apart like from a technical standpoint. It's just not how it works. But uh, but where it did the last few episodes that kind of started to lose me is characters doing stuff that doesn't make any sense. Uh, specifically the specifically the technician with Maeve. I don't understand why they've done the things they've done with her and 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 just put themselves in this, put themselves and everything in a position where it's like it could be completely avoided very easily. Um, it, it seems like a glaring plot hole. and then the and the creators actually were asked about it so much that they came out and they said, well, it'll be explained in episode eight, but I don't see how it could be explained or if it will be explained, then it would have to be a stupid explanation. I just I don't know. Um, that was really bizarre I think that. This, by the way, this is not a spoiler. This is just a guess. Um, and I'm not even totally behind this. But it seems to me that if uh, the boss man is using AI in the way that he is, at, you know, escalated levels he is, I think it's perfectly sensible for, like, your average body jockeys, the butchers, for them to be the robots too, and like that's the whole that's that's one of the main like uh, sources of tension in the show is is who's who's an AI, uh, but I, I that wouldn't be a satisfactory explanation for me because we've been following them being having personalities and acting on those personalities, and to just say like oh well they were just given orders it would be kind of well that's the thing about the AIs in this show they don't have to be given orders they'll just talk to each other yeah. But but then in that case, like the the logic that they use to do what they do doesn't make sense. I don't know. I, we're going into too much detail. That's true. But but to me, there's some plot holes that maybe they won't be plot holes, but they're plot holes right now because they're unexplained. Yes. And no, that nothing can... bothered me that much. I chalk the stuff up the the lack of sense in some of what they're doing there to them being dumb. They're, they're established they're as being dumb. Yeah, buffoon characters. Yeah. A lot of ways. Eat those characters. I think that that's bad writing. Yeah. I, I think buffoon characters, the, the plot and do stupidity, that kind of shit is like the Asian guy is good, and the white guy I think is comic relief. He's comic. I don't know. I, I there's a lot of my main problem with the show is the characters and the writing of those characters, the dialogue, all that stuff. Uh, it's that corporate woman who is introduced <laughs> is. A terrible character. She just sucks. Are you she's talking a... about the young black woman. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She's, she like... is a. She's a stereotype, and I don't mean in a racial way. She is a. No, a television a stereotype. Way. Yeah. Where she is the young, completely inexplicably, like bitchy and corporately and endowed, confident. Yeah. Like, no, you do not sit on a multi-billion-dollar board. You're like a twenty-six-year-old. And... Model. And before her, you had the writer guy who's like horrible. He's just Size horrible more. to his employees. And he solid. He yells at his coworkers yeah. and shit. How how is he staying employed? This isn't how he's workplaces. The, he's the operate. head of narrative. He's but the head of bullshit. And then and then apparently everyone hates the shit that he makes. And so like, why is he employed? Maybe yeah. that'll be explained. Maybe that'll be explained, and there'll be some. He that guy has <laughs> been the only like unredeemed bad part of the oh, show for just, me just terrible i don't I like him. him i don't, I don't enjoy he's not anything fun he's in. i i love to hate i loved to hate joffrey in game of thrones 
great, great fucker piece of shit that you want to strangle. Yeah. This guy, you don't want to strangle him. You want to strangle the guy who wrote him. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that. And then there's a few other characters that are just like that. The girl, um, the security girl, or uh, not security. I don't know the one who went out and 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 found. Elsie. Yeah, Elsie. That was her name. <sighs> I only just, know that just because I watched the episode like an hour ago. She's fucking. Like Mary Sue, like kinda. I didn't super get when she kissed confident the, and cool. the bot in the episode. It didn't. That was just know. weird to me, because that never came up again. Really, no, never had like a weird again, thing know, with. But... There was also apparently like a a year and a half gap between filming that happens in the sixth episode. Really, that if you pay attention to like the way they do wardrobe and that design, like you can tell. Mm. It's I don't know. That's interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, I, it's, the writing it could could be better. I think um, it could, but the the premise, and not just the premise, but the the world the and the setup, execution, all that is rock solid. So yeah. really liking the show. Like an I I'm, I just what I'm holding out for is 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 this show going to go to the psychological and philosophical links that its premise allows for and and encourages. I hope so. Or is it going to just go the easy route of fun mystery that you can sit on your couch and enjoy because there's lots of twists and turns and doesn't actually explore the nature of humanity and that kind of thing. Uh, They've already gone a little bit into that, but like, you could go some places with this fucking show. You I could go hope, some like Kojima ass places. I hope they go all the way. I hope they go that middle section of Moby Dick, where it's just <laughs> yeah. you know just grabbing the blubber and squeezing it for everything it's got. I I want the show to do that. Yeah, um, we'll see. <laughs> I'm 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 nervously optimistic about that show. So, all right. Likewise. So that's Westworld. Pretty cool show. Yeah. Pretty cool. Go. Now, allegedly, this is a podcast about video games. I have heard these allegations. I don't believe them, but I've heard them. What do you have to say about them? Um, not a whole lot new that I haven't said before. I've played more su- my summer car. I built a car that ran, and I drove it around my my driveway. Did you not do that the last time? Like. No, no, that, I, I had not gotten that far uh, when we had our last podcast. And uh, I built it, I drove it around a little bit, I messed with the carburetor to mess with the fuel-air mixture, and then it exploded, and three of the pistons broke, and it blew a hole in my oil pan, and I had to tow it to the mechanics workshop to get it, to get it repaired. And then I, while doing my normal duties in, in my day-to-day life, I crashed in my van and died. Oh, so now I have to build a, a new car. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I still like that game a lot. I, I wish, so I thought when I broke the pistons that it would be like, okay, I have to order new pistons because you can order parts. And I said, well, you're going to have to order new pistons and replace them in the engine. But instead, the only solution apparently is to bring it back to the mechanic shop, which is lame. I, 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 I feel like maybe that's something that hopefully he will implement in the future that he just hasn't implemented yet. But like, it seems like that's the perfect kind of game where, like, you want to be able to repair your right. own car because that's like the whole. It's early it. access, right? Yeah. Um, 
That that sounds like something. If he were to add anything, that's yeah essential. I hope so. I I do. I genuinely like that game. Like unironically, I think that's a good game. Uh, so, uh, I've also got back into Rainbow Six Siege. I bought that game full price and played it like. It so. It has improved. I quit because there were so many fucking issues with it that weren't getting fixed across the board. Matchmaking, servers, um, glitches, exploits, balance issues. Most of those problems still exist, but, but a lot of them have been fixed to the point where it's a much less frustrating game to play, but it's still a heavily flawed game. But I'm still playing it because it is a lot of fun. I really, really, really like that game. There's just nothing better than like when you're when a plan executes correctly and you bash in through all the windows and stuff and, yeah. and take everyone out in like a span of like ten seconds. No other game captures that. It's it's fucking amazing. I love it. Um, I just God, I wish they did that game better. But they are still updating it. In fact, there's like an update this week with a new map and some new operators, which they don't need new operators. It's already a cluttered game. But um. I, they've announced, I think, that they're going to do like a year two season, which I think I, I would prefer like just a Rainbow Six Siege 2 that that fixed a lot of the issues it has. But I'm afraid that a lot of the issues aren't going to be fixed ever because it's Ubisoft. Well, if you <clears throat> if you had to pick a model to update a game and continue to support it on and for it to have some real long-term viability... I don't think you'd want Rainbow Six 2, I think. Or maybe a 2, but then stop there, you know? Something like... Well, yeah, I just want it to be fixed. I want a major update yeah. that completely re re revamps the matchmaking system that is just broken and, and doesn't work half the time. Like, literally doesn't work. Like, you have to back out and try again. Yeah, I got you there. Um, and there's, there's some problems. Mainly, it's mainly server stuff it's mainly like lag issues and and server connection issues and matchmaking issues the game itself is is coming together very well and it's 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 just held back by ubisoft and i feel like it is a ubisoft problem and and if you try to pair up with people like get a get a group together every time i try to get together a group of four people and i've tried it with different groups at least one person has an issue where they can't join and everyone has to like back out of the group and have someone else start it as a new uh, host. And that's a you play thing because I remember having that same problem back like in Far Cry 3 or something when I tried to place it with some friends and we couldn't all connect to each other until we found the person who needed to be host for everyone to connect to without having issues. It, it, it's ridiculous. And, and, and the fact it's that it's still for, happening is absurd. It's, it's just... It's easy for Ubisoft or people who don't play the game to write that off that say like, oh, you know, it's it's spotty, but you'll figure it out. It works. Everybody yeah, has a different threshold for when they give up on stuff like that. And if you've got, uh, you know, four people who are wanting to play the game, and they have to go through twenty minutes of fucking around with the lobbies yeah. and then thirty minutes of fucking around with the lobbies, and eventually people will give up, and the people Especially... who give up are not the people who would continue to support your game. Especially when the competitors, Overwatch and CSGO, are like, the, to me, those are the two other shooters that are competitive, yeah. and, and, and they're, they're the ones that Rainbow Six Siege is competing against. I mean, I know they're not one-to-one -one the same or anything, obviously, but those are the games that they should be comparing themselves to. And 
I've never had issues. And I don't want to say never, but it's rare, extremely rare. And in fact, I might say never for Overwatch, except for sometimes when in the entire network goes down for, right. under Blizzard from a DDoS attack. But when Overwatch has issues, you can just like restart the queue and you're fine. Yeah, and matchmaking and 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 the server itself, as far as CS:GO and Overwatch goes, there's occasional little issues, but it's it's almost flawless. And it, and Rainbow Six Siege, it's like I'm always battling with it. And even once I connect to a game, every round, I don't know why this happens, but for some people, I guess like, and it doesn't seem to be related to how fast your computer is or your connection. You can see everyone has like a little loading thing on their profile when it's loading in the round. And so everyone starts clearing up. And then when everyone's clear, you go in. Well, there's always one person who isn't clear for like several seconds. And it's not that long, but it's really frustrating when the rounds only last a couple minutes and you have to sit there and stare at them loading. And there's no explanation for them having to load any faster than other people. Sometimes it's me. Sometimes I'm the one that sits there and loads. And it's like, I've got a fast computer. I've got a fast connection. It doesn't make any sense. And that's the thing that drives me crazy is that, like, a lot of the issues with that game is just like, why the fuck are, are these even issues to begin with? It's mind-blowing. And I, I don't have any faith in Ubisoft getting any better. I think Ubisoft, I think, is the worst game publisher on the planet right now. They really and, have taken EA's place in recent years. Oh, and, and, and I mean, and, and gone further with it, in my opinion. I think Ubisoft is the worst. They're terrible. I really, really hate Ubisoft. And and I there, are, there have been a lot of games in the past several years that I have not bought just because they're Ubisoft games that I was really interested in and said, no, it's a Ubisoft game. And I, I it's not like a principled thing. It's like, I know I've dealt with that bullshit before and I don't want to deal with it again. It's unbelievable that they're that Speaking bad. of... Watch Dogs 2 is coming out tomorrow. Yeah. It's literally zero idea. Uh, who cares? I don't know. I, I think that game will do okay. But um, people are saying good things about it. But I'm super Ever. skeptical of that game. I think, I think it's like... How long fix... will people keep saying good things about Ubisoft games? <laughs> That's true. Every time it's... Oh, I've heard good I mean, things about... Good Far things Cry about Primal. One. I heard good things yeah. about uh, Assassin's Creed Unity. Far Cry Primal in 2016. What? Did you realize that? Far, Far Cry Primal was a 2016 release. It was a 2016 this year. release. Yeah. Really? It's just that nobody remembers it because it came and went so quickly and nobody gave a shit. Because it was, it was exactly the same as Far Cry yeah. 3 and 4. And like, in, in fairness, Amen it probably didn't cost any money to make because like they just reused a bunch of assets and stuff. But anyway, yeah. Ubisoft... Fuck. I just... If anything, they, the, the flop... Far Cry Primal uh, makes me a little optimistic that people are able to tell when they're being fed the same thing. I guess it flopped. I don't know how many people bought it. Well, it's not something on people's tongues today. Yeah, but if it, if it sold copies, that's all they care about. And 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 sometimes, but but that's kind of Ubisoft's philosophy, right? Is they milk it, they milk it, they milk it until finally the game gets released that everyone just shits on because it's so bad. Unity, Assassin's Creed Unity. And then they say, oh, well, we'll fix it this time. We'll fix it. We'll fix it. <clears throat> and we'll, we've yet to see. I don't know. Maybe they will. Maybe they'll figure it out. But like with Rainbow Six Siege, that's kind of part of what it is. Like it took the community just completely revolting against that game for them to finally say, all right, well, we're updating it. We're updating it. And yes, they've updated it. And I've heard a lot of people saying really good things about the updates, but they haven't updated it enough to it's not polished. It's not polished in the way its competitors are. And that's a huge problem and and I don't trust them to fix it
Well, Assassin's Creed Syndicate came out last year. It or not. Uh, uh, which one is Syndicate? The it's the one after Unity. Industrial era one? It was the one that they were clearly like... Yeah, exactly, that one. The one that they were planning before Unity because they were expecting yeah. it to just continue to be the cash cow. Was so that's around. the one... And then okay. they had no delay between Unity's disaster and their announcement of that. Yeah. So but, Now but, there's been a delay Unity's, between yeah, Syndicate. Unity's disaster is what led to this two-year gap that we're gonna exactly. get exactly okay yeah i think I we're not gonna get i don't think we're gonna get another assassin's creed until we get a complete re I which will know. come next year no i think but, they'll come, yeah but, well i don't know if it'll be a complete re reboot oh, yeah, i think they'll I just think release a sequel i think it'll be like well we fucking fixed it i think they're going classic old school retro and they're gonna reinvent assassin's creed from the ground up with brand new technology brand new story brand new gaming brand new graphics Good for you, good for the but consumer. they've already built that whole thing. They've already built that whole universe and everything. Well, who cares? I don't know. I, I think you'll just get a standard sequel. It'll be like Japan or something, and, and that'll be that. Far Cry Japan. And it'll be another Assassin's Creed game, and they'll say we fixed a bunch of shit, but it'll be the same thing. You're probably right. I think so. <laughs> but, uh, fuck you, I hate you, Zoft. Yes. Um, they suck. They're awful. Awful people. They their families are bad too. Yeah. Um. Their dogs are probably pieces of shit. Yeah. And Dishonored Two also came out. Yes. From from the second worst publisher in the world. Uh. You know, as I a hate, publisher. I hate Bethesda. As a publisher. You're right. As a publisher. Bethesda okay. is great. Not great. Not great. great. They released. Listen. Listen to this. They've had some serious. Hall, listen to this Hall of Fame here. Okay. I'm gonna lay it out for you. Oblivion. No. Nope. Fallout 3. No, no, no. Skyrim. That's developer. That's Bethesda's developer. I'm talking Bethesda as publisher. Listen to this Hall of Fame they put together. They got Dishonored. Doom. Dishonored 2. Great work, guys. Well, Dishonored 2. Brink. Oh, Brink. Can't forget Brink. Did they developed that? I think they did. No, they published it. Oh, they just published it? Okay. Yeah, that was, I think that was like their first published game that they didn't develop. Well, I bought Dishonored 2. like the Obsidian Fallout. Anyway, yeah, you bought it. How is it? I bought Dishonored 2, and I'll, I'll preface it with this. Dishonored, I loved it. I loved Dishonored 1. Loved that game. Really cool. Um, half of it was the gameplay. The powers, the stealth, all that was really fun. But half of it was the atmosphere. There was the plague, there was the outsider who was this crazy kind of god thing who would talk to you. And everything in that game worked. The style, the gameplay, it was not like a profound game changer or anything like that. But it was just a great game, I thought. Not everybody is as positive on that game as I am. I, I hear almost entirely good things about Dishonored. I really love that game. That was maybe my favorite game of that year. That was 2012, I think. Yeah. yeah. I think that was maybe. my favorite game that year. Um, well, this time around, just immediately my feelings are mixed. Because the gameplay in Dishonored 2 seems unquestionably better in like every way in mm -hmm. every way that matters too the stealth is better enemies are better at detecting you when they should 
but not when they shouldn't. Like, their line of sight makes more sense now. It's kind of hard to describe how that works, but it's a clear improvement in the stealth department. Um, one way that they make that obvious, and I really admire them for the choice that they made here, is to make the... Because um, all these games, all games, basically, with story modes, have, like, the first level, which is just introducing you to things, and then they have the first real level yeah. after that, uh, where it's, you know, a long stretch of gameplay, uninterrupted, that kind of thing. Dishonored 2, its first real level like a long uninterrupted piece of gameplay you have none of the iconic powers or abilities of the first designer whatsoever you are just walking around it's a stealth game nothing else to it so and i'm playing as emily by the way i because i've already played dishonored one i don't want to play as the same character with the same powers so i chose the the daughter in this case and at least in that mode you start off you are just a person walking around, sneaking around. And I was shocked by how well that worked. I was about to say, like, that should be the test, right? Yeah. Of, like, take away all the frills. Is it, and it a works, good core? And it's a good stealth game. <laughs> right, yeah. That's good. It, was, it really was a pleasant surprise to see that. And um, then you have, like, a dream sequence. And then the outsider comes and he offers you the choice of taking the powers or not. I chose the powers because that's the whole point of the game and that's what makes it fun. But it's it's obvious that they spent a lot of effort making the game a viable stealth game. Mm-hmm. They put a lot of effort into the detection of enemies and placement, all that, and you can, and it's intended to be able to be played with no powers at all. And that is awesome. I'm sure awesome. like speed runs, like no power speed runs. Oh, yeah. Or yeah, because that yeah. was always a self imposed challenge in the first game. This time they've, right. they've had that in mind and they've, they've put thought into making that better and it worked. They did a great job. And the gameplay, that goes for all the gameplay overall. Like the powers are super fun. The stealth is better than it's ever been. The levels are better designed than they've ever been. It's a great game, but they've fucked up the story. They fucked it up. They, it's so bad. It's fucking <laughs> horrible. It's the worst fucking shit. It pissed me off. Like, it's got the generic, like, comic book, storybook characters, you know, the illustrations, barely animated with a voiceover at the top during the loading screens. You know exactly what I'm talking mm-hmm. about because it's in, like, 90% of games these days. And then... That uh, thing we were talking about months ago, back when they showed the trailer for Dishonored 2, and she was narrating to herself. She does that fucking constantly. Yeah. I, Endlessly. I she just... Shut up. I watched a little bit of gameplay after the release. Just like, here's a standard level. Like, what's what's it like? And yeah, that's the first thing I noticed was like, oh, that was not just a trailer thing. Because we, we, were, we were speculating like, Oh well, they just, maybe they just put that in for E three because you're demonstrating like what's going on, and so you nope. have a character, and then it'll tone back. And it seems it seems if anything worse than the trailer. It's like, I, bad. I, that, dro- that drove me insane within seconds. It's really bad, and it's a. I can't believe they I, thought that was a good idea. I don't get it. I and don't the voice acting doesn't it. seem any good either. So like it just the voice acting is fine, it. but it just it seems so bad because it's because it's so bad. Yeah. The choice to include it was horrible. 
I, it, um, yeah, that's mind-blowing. The first game, silent protagonist. Never spoke a word. He was... Here's- so it, that fits well for a stealth it does. game too. And that was part of the aesthetic, like that was part of the atmosphere, right? Is he like, was a faceless guy, he had a yeah. mask. Now he's like gruff Troy Baker guy. I don't. I he's not voiced by here, Troy dude. Baker, but that's who he is. You yeah. see his face, and he's like a bearded, grizzled guy, and he's just talking to you like, "Well, you better be careful." Shut up! You were never supposed to say a word, you piece of yeah. shit. It's like Halo. It really it's like is. Chief it's like is if Master talky. Chief was just talking like chatting you up with small talk more than three lines in the game exactly uh it's a it's a major problem honestly i think i know i think i know what that problem what caused that problem i think that that was a boardroom that said it must have been i think the boardroom said well these games always have someone talking in your earpiece right we gotta have a cortana yeah we gotta have we gotta have a windows uh, has a cortana why don't we have a cortana yeah uh and 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 we gotta have someone telling you what to do but, but well, we can't do an earpiece, man. It's it's uh, it's not that you know it's then whatever. It's this world that doesn't have that kind of technology, man. Uh, well, use magic or something. Well, it just doesn't doesn't fit what we're going for. It doesn't fit what we're going for. And and eventually they compromised and said, well, we got to have narration. It's the only thing that'll fit with the world. And I, it, that's the only explanation there is because it's such a bad decision. It's such a bad, like objectively bad decision. One of my favorite things about Dishonored was the character of the outsider. He was a great character. He was an outside, neutral, but incredibly powerful supernatural dude. And you didn't know what he wanted, but he seemed to just want to mess around with stuff and cause Mm -hmm. mischief. And he was doing that through you, and he didn't really ask anything of you. He wasn't giving you orders, but kind of knew that you were going to shake things up and you knew that that's the only reason he cared about you and in the first game that was done perfectly his the voice acting of that character i took for granted because well <laughs> in the first game it was it was so spot on for what that character was like he was just monotone calm he was well corvo these are your options. What will you do? Like, really subdued. The guy got what the character was about, essentially. Like, he was not of this world, took an interest in it just for fun. That yeah. voice done perfectly. This game, because apparently this guy had a Reddit account. Yes, I was wondering. Tranny Destroyer. About that. <laughs> um, you know, somebody pointed out on Twitter, who knows, maybe he's just a destroyer who happens to be trans. I mean, he's a tranny destroyer. Yeah, not a, a destroyer of trannies, but <laughs> I digress. They cut him out of the project <laughs> and replaced him with what I can only assume is somebody's nephew's best impression of Jared Leto's Joker. Uh, mm. He sounds like, "Ha! Huh, well, you, you've come to my realm." <laughs> That's not what he sounds like. But it's basically what he sounds like. It's in really, comparison, yeah, really bad. Like he's on edge and he's hyperactive, and it's it's fucking bad. That and sucks. The story overall and the the atmosphere has been honestly ruined. They ruined it, and it for the gameplay is so 
much obviously better that I don't know. I I don't think I want to finish it. I <laughs> they fucked it up really, really bad. That sucks. They they either completely misunderstood or they underestimated the value of their story. Who knows? Know. Yeah, who knows what happened? I mean, God, that. And it, it kind of feels like Metal Gear Solid Five, honestly. Not not anywhere near on that level. Yeah. But that 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 basic parallel of the gameplay is a cosmic leap ahead, and the story and everything else, the writing generally, is a plunge into the depths of the dark dark sea so really not a pleasant time with this game so far did you have despite how much fun it is Uh, you know what that's the mildest issue i have with the game yeah i'm running it like they've announced that they're releasing a major performance patch i max stuff out and um i'm doing a solid 45 to 60 780 Ti, which is well below the recommended specifications. Yeah, so because so, there's some people that are apparently having major issues on like yeah, and I and I, stuff, I so. believe them, I believe them, oh, but yeah. I haven't encountered those crippling issues myself. Um, and yeah, it's real. the The problem with this game is is more fundamental than that. It's stuff that can't be patched out. It's how they chose to present the entire like the first. Before the first real mission, there's the intro mission that's just showing you stuff. And, um... I don't know. The, did you play the first one? Briefly. I played okay, so you play the four beginning. or five hours of it, yeah. In the beginning, you get ambushed by a bunch of assassins who are trying to kill the Empress. And you're actually playing the game at that point. You have control yeah, of your yeah, character, yeah. you're fighting off the assassins. That's what you're doing. Um, you have control of your character. In this game, the first level is an a cutscene in the engine, but you can From barely point of, point of view. You can yeah, barely move your mouse around. Like you can move an inch left, right, up, and down <sighs> diagonally, but you can't look all the way around. You're on a rails. It's walking for you. It sits down for you on the throne. It's stand- I, I, it's gross. It's a really bad presentation. They is it, it's not it one of those cutscenes where uh, where your character does a bunch of badass shit that you can't do, is it? No, it's just a, okay. it's, you have that's, to that's, watch that's, stuff. Me, that's like the biggest sin of a game is when, especially for a first person game, when it has a cutscene from the first person and your character does a bunch of crazy badass shit, but it's like way cooler than anything you can actually do. Or like it looks a lot better yeah. than anything you can actually do. So then you get control, and it's like not the same. I, I feel like that's the biggest sin that you can commit. It's just such a bad idea. But uh, I mean, that game has really good like I, the animations of like hand to hand combat with that game are pretty good. Uh, where you like stab people in the face and stuff. It's too was, bad to hear about the rest of. Them. I was really excited for this game, honestly. Like they. They made really bad choices. This yep. is not an example of them running out of cash or 
them just I don't know and shafted by deadlines. It sounds it sounds like they made like some they've conscious got... choices and they executed what they wanted to execute. And that decision is what was the problem. It almost sounds like you've got like two separate departments. You've got the the gameplay department and the everything else, like the art department. That and that and that the gameplay the department understood what made Dishonored One good, and the art department didn't. Um, I, I that so could the, be the case. The first game, I just don't know. The, for the first game, like for me personally, that first game, I did play several hours of it and never got into it. Um, that that art style and story and atmosphere and everything just never clicked with me. I just couldn't I couldn't get into it. I don't know what it is. I mean, I'm not a big fan of like industrial era shit anyway. Um, but like I don't know. It didn't click. I didn't I, I, I don't like steampunk settings. Yeah. What made Dishonored One so cool for me is that you were like a god in that kind of setting. Yeah. I just and I I remember time. not being able to get past uh they 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 hired the like the art director from Half Life Two yeah and it was... looked exactly the fucking same as Art Half Life Two that was yep. that really bothered me um, it honestly I think didn't I loved it that got under my skin like I, I loved like, it that looks like a combine thing loved it like, loved the... it loved it yeah this game um it feels uh creatively bankrupt. Oh well. Played anything else? Have I really remember? <laughs> I mean, that's what that's what I was looking for. I played some Overwatch, whatever. But um, Dark Souls Three DLC still haven't finished, but I got to the last boss. Um, I kill it with my sword. <laughs> I'm waiting until like I get that itch again. Yeah. That- that Souls game. Maybe itch. when the second DLC comes out. Yeah, probably. Because um, there was unused music in the game's files yeah. talked about before. And that is not in this DLC. I uh I don't know what I'm gonna do. I really would love to play Last Guardian, and I don't have a PS4. This is the time to get one. Yeah, probably maybe. Because you'll have Last Guardian, you'll have Bloodborne, which is the best game in that series. That's becoming clearer to me. As the time goes on after Dark Souls Three has come out, like I at, didn't at this finish point, Bloodborne, but I really like Dark Souls Three a lot. Sure, I I feel you, man. But <laughs> the DLC of Bloodborne is the best content in the series, mm. just better than everything else. Um, the music in Bloodborne is better than everything else. The setting. Uh, I feel like Dark Souls Three. Uh... The post-release hype for Dark Souls 3 has been the lowest since, like, Dark Souls 1. Like, the, like the amount of people yeah. talking about it and stuff, like, it just seems to have I fallen off I think they chose to tap out at a good time. That's probably it. I think, I think everyone feels like it's the end of the series, and so, like, there's not that, that buzz. But there might be that like, buzz for the, for the last DLC. Yeah. Like, that, because like, that will but, be the end of Dark Souls. Right, but, but for me, like... Dark Souls three, I thought was potentially the best in the series, yeah. in my opinion, and and had the same kind of lasting effect of like I thought about it for a while afterwards and kept coming back to it and playing the PvP and stuff, and I just I felt like, or maybe it was just the time of year when like there wasn't a whole lot else going on and the other games started to come out and so like you didn't hear as much about it, but like 
just seems like it's one of those things that's kind of like that came out this year and I, I don't see it in people's game of the year lists. Oh, and it's, it's probably going to be at the top of mine. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I'm, well, it's weird. A Doom, I think, was better for me. Uh, I, I Dark Souls Three was way better so was, than Doom. I played I played Dark Souls Three like ten, twenty times as long as I played Doom. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, as far Doom's like cool. a breath of fresh air that Doom was, yeah. that was yeah, you know, well, really we'll, needed. We'll that. have plenty of time to talk about Game of the Year stuff when that that's true. The year that's rolls true. around. But uh, what what else is coming out though? There's other there's some other games that are still coming out. I mean, the Last, Last Guardian, Guardian that's going to yep. be a Game of the Year discussion. But uh. Oh, God, Watch Dogs Two, Last Guardian, <laughs> Watch Dogs Two game. We've had you know we've had the the Battlefield One, Titanfall Two, uh, Call of Duty, Overwatch came out. This lineup year. come out. Um, yeah, Overwatch did come out. Mm. Uh, God, I I would love to play some Titanfall Two, but I don't I don't want to spend sixty dollars on it. And I would I would have bought the fucking Call of Duty if the if the Modern Warfare remastered was in the sixty dollar version. I would have paid for that. Oh, you but have to buy a, 20, a deluxe version. It's, it's, yeah, you buy like an eighty dollar version of it to get the oh, fucking Call of Duty. Oh come on! It, yeah, they I, they fucked that up in my opinion. I mean, it'll probably come out like on a discount very soon, probably. But like, I would have bought that game for the first time. I like I haven't bought a Call of Duty game since like Black Ops One, and that would have been the one. Oh well. Whatever. Um, yeah, I, don't know. I can't think of anything else though that's co- that's coming out. Bad ones. Um. Well, there's nothing. Uh. I don't know. The The Last Guardian is on my mind. It hasn't been on my mind, but I mean, I'd spin in the back of my mind, but like. It doesn't feel real that it's supposed to come out. It really time. doesn't. And and I mean I'm not I'm not like hyped for it. Like it's not that I don't think I'll really like it and I'm not excited for it, but like considering how much I love Shadow of the Colossus, I feel like I should be way more excited about this than I am. I Maybe think I'm it's just nervous. Normal. Maybe I'm just super nervous it's about been, like whether it'll be good or not. It's been long enough. I think four years might be the golden hype zone. Like if you've got uh, that's what it was for Skyrim, I think. Yeah, Skyrim and Oblivion coming out, were like, like five years apart. I think. Yeah, like uh, that kind of gap. It's Metal like, Solid Five and Four. Ooh, were they've been they've been polishing years. this masterpiece, and oh, I can't wait. But when it gets to be like, you know, as long as the Last Guardian is a been, decade, nobody I mean, for me. Last Guardian I mean, for me. Uh, Shadow of the Colossus, I played like three or four years ago. So it's more recent, but but I don't know. Yeah, it it just doesn't feel real, and it's been one of those things that like I've always heard that name thrown around. And I, I need guess... to have the disc in my hand. <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel like I will, I feel like it won't point. hit me until I'm actually playing it. Because I, I, like the gameplay we've seen, it's like it's one of those games, and I you, I you have know a lot of it's going to be, be you know it's going to be like twelve hours. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, we'll fucking, we'll fucking see. Maybe I'll be wrong. It'll be a 30-hour masterpiece. I don't know. It doesn't need to be 30 hours to be a masterpiece. Yes, it does. That's the rule. That's Shadow of the Colossus e only took me... 30 hours. You're right. Good. 30-hour game. Shadow of Colossus, 30. Dozen plus 18 is 30. That's true. It took you 30 hours, I'm saying. That's not... It's a Half-Life 3. That... Game of the year. That's my game of the year. 
There you go. Half Life Three. Um, Pulled that one out of the old meme bag. That's a, yeah. That's a real shame. Because uh, that end, the series ended on a cliffhanger essentially. It's Are we gonna a, talk about Half Life Three now? <laughs> well, then Half Life Three. Half Life Two Episode Two. I mean, as an ending to the series, it's not an ending. Not an ending. The cliffhanger. And, and we'll never get a we'll never get a sequel. It's just not gonna happen. And honestly, the the alien stuff in Half Life is some of the most interesting sci fi in video Could games. Be. Like the way the combine kind of yeah, uh, Half Life Two colonize worlds. Like that is amazing. That's kind of what got me into. I mean, it didn't, it's not what got me into sci-fi, but like that Half-Life 2, I think was, I don't want to say one of the first, but like Half-Life 2 got me interested in a world and like immersed in a world in a way that I hadn't felt since like by Morrowind at that point and a completely different kind of world, obviously. And I've been trying to chase that itch ever since. It's Half Life Two is one of the. Best I need Half Life Three to come out, and who it knows is. if it will? Didn't um, Mark Laidlaw he release some kind of book or retrospective on Half Life, like writing about? He released something called like Writing Half Life or something like that, where he just lays stuff out there. Maybe I'm making this know. up, but I don't think so. There's it, been art books Googling. and stuff that have come out, but like, no, I'm talking about by the writer, like it's like story yeah. stuff. I wonder how much of like the design team that made Half Life Two are at Valve right now. I don't know. I'm sure, that's known somewhere, but like they've always had some of the best writers in the business, and I I don't know if they still have them. Well, they've <laughs> got they've got the writer behind Portal. They've got the writer behind. Uh, what I don't know their name? names. I don't know who these people are. What's well, uh, uh, Wolpaw? I don't know his first name, but. Walpaw is the guy, the portal guy, and then Chet Falachek, Left for Dead, like lead designer and writer, I think. So, it, I mean, they've got some of their old guard talent there. If you it want would to be call a really big deal if Valve were to even just make another game. Period. Oh yeah, yeah. It would be as big as, as Blizzard, believe the biggest shooter of the year, 2016. <laughs> um, but bigger. Overwatch was have weird the because, like, to do it. I feel like there wasn't, and maybe I just avoided it, but there wasn't that much hype, in my opinion, like of, of Overwatch until the beta came out. Well, I, like it wasn't that's like the, this... That's the beautiful thing about Overwatch is that it's not carried on hype whatsoever. That yeah. it, it's carried on quality only. Yeah. Blizzard released a quality product. People liked it a lot and played it a lot. And now all the games for the next five years that are any kind of competitive first-person shooter are going to start to try to. Yep. Do we the want the Overwatch audience? It's going to be the next Call of Duty. We'll continue. Can't wait. Anyway. Just like four years of a. Of what? Of a. What I don't know what you're. Uh... Podcast episode ninety-four years. Thanks for tuning in. This is <laughs> Trump. Good night, everybody. <laughs>